Good morning. You're listening to Drinking Socially, the official Untapped podcast. Your weekly look into what's happening in the Untapped community and the world of beer. I'm John, and I am always really excited. Uh, but this week, I'm really excited to share a beer from a recent trip I took to Richmond, Virginia. I'm really pumped to share that with you guys, see Harrison's face when he drinks it, but even more (laughs) excited that we've got some untapped royalty on the cast here today to answer some questions about the upcoming Seven Cities tour as well. Hey, yo, and I'm Harrison, Adventures Abound, excited to talk to our special guest today and and, and to go along with the newest of new beer trends that we're going to be drinking some samples of today. We also have a somewhat old school collab that's pretty near and dear to my old and aging heart that we're doing today as well. And did someone say beer trading? Let's talk about that. I think they did, so we're gonna. But first, as a reminder, Drinking Socially is released every other Wednesday morning and can be found at podcast.untap.com or, of course, wherever you listen to podcasts. We've got Greg Avola on the podcast tonight uh, to do kind of a roundup on Untapped Seven Cities Tour. For any of you that aren't aware, Greg is one of the founders of Untapped and somewhat of an icon in the office, or at least on my own Untapped check-in feed. He is personally going to be visiting a verified venue at each of the seven cities that secured the most check-ins throughout August. Uh, with that I'd like to formally welcome Greg back to the Drinking Socially podcast and begin just by asking, Greg, how pumped are you on the amount of check-ins that were coming in for August and seeing some of the cities fluctuating on the leaderboard? Was it very different than the uh, runnings we had last year? Yeah, I'm super excited. Thanks for having me on. It's a great show, and I'm super excited to talk about the seven city tour thing here. Um, this is the second year we've done it. Obviously, as you mentioned, I think the biggest thing that we did differently about last year is that we actually took the seven cities that won last year and excluded them from the contest this year. And the goal kind of was to be able to kind of get a whole new set of uh, cities um, that were in there. We know that, you know, population is kind of a big thing when it comes to these kind of contests. Basically in the month of August, we would have everyone checking a beer at a verified venue one, obviously more of the populations are there, the higher numbers are going to be. So we want to include a lot more um, cities that may not have made it uh, in the past. So I'm really excited about the cities this year. Um, all, all new ones as we mentioned. Um, and, you know, it, it's crazy to see kind of the growth that's happened over, over the, uh, the month of August. I mean, Denver is probably the only city of the seven that was consistently in the top seven for the entire month. Of August. So um, that was like a shoe in right off the bat. Um, Denver was in the top 10 last year, so it's kind of expected, but they just nailed it from the very beginning. But there are definitely some ones that were, uh, a little, wasn't sure if they were going to make it. We had a big uh, a pouring from uh, a small city in Iowa this year, so that was pretty crazy. Um, but it's just great to see the kind of enthusiasm from the community um, to, to get us to come to their cities. I think in the office, we all were kind of surprised. I'm not sure if you're referencing um, the Decora. um, Yes. uh, Toplin Glive beer release. We came in and saw that a a big shift. Um, You know, we all kept, we're keeping track of the cities in office as well. Was I I meant to ask, was there any particular city that you were excited or surprised to see in the runnings? I didn't notice Buffalo, New York on the cut, but, (laughs) um, but maybe in the future, 
Any particular cities you're excited about visiting this year? I'm actually excited about all of them, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, the only ones I've actually personally been um, is uh, San Diego, uh, but the rest are all new places to me. Um, so I'm super excited about just the scene. Uh, you know, some of the surprises that I saw on there is Pittsburgh. You know, being a, a East Coast native myself, um, you know, I always thought of Pittsburgh as more of a great beer town, but never really knew how much it was until this particular contest came to it. So that was pretty cool to see uh, Pittsburgh kind of lighted up over the month. And they're also one of those uh, cities that was from the get-go um, really in there from the, from the start to finish. Decora story is, is amazing to me. I mean, they're averaging around, I think, 15 to 20 check-ins per day to their very things. Only about three or four in the town itself compared to these major cities that have upwards to 50 or 100 or 200 very venues there. Um, and on that single weekend day of that release that you just mentioned, it skyrocketed from about 20 to 30 check-ins to about 6,000 check-ins over the, over the span of two days. I've never seen anything quite like that. I've seen uh, uh, amazing kind of uh, increases over check-in over time. And, but in a small town like that, to bring in all these people and all these check-ins, it was pretty surreal to see. So I think... I think all of us internally were always like trying to, to root for, for that town. Um, uh, unfortunately, it did not work out at the end, but it was a great story to see um, the kind of uh, effort that they put together to get those check-ins on the board. That's, I, think that, I think that's outstanding um, and a testament to uh, the power of a really exciting beer release, if, if anything. Oh, yeah. Um, I was one of the questions I was really excited to ask. I just recently visited Richmond, Virginia, and it, right. I'll attest, you've got your work cut out for you. It was impossible <laughs> to consume all the amazing beer that city produces. Um, as you're getting ready to lay out uh, seven of these uh, trips that focus around drinking beer, uh, this this is a, a personal question, but what's what's your best tip to be able to go out and enjoy a craft brewery one day and, and, and be awake enough to do it again the second day, <laughs> or in your case, day after day? Um, any any amazing tip work for you? You know, for, for me, this is kind of something that I don't even know if you should encourage people to do because it's an incredible amount of, of stamina to be able to do this. Last year, we actually did seven days in a row on the road every single day with different venue. And I'm surprised I didn't get sick or die for a lack of a better word. Cause it's incredibly <laughs> hard to, you know, um, you know, visit all these great breweries that you've never been to, but also be able to do these events every single night. So I kind of felt like I was on like a, a music tour or something like that. I don't even know how they do that, to be honest this year, a little bit different um, because of the fact that GABF, which we will be attending uh, as a sponsor this year um, will be pretty much next month. Um, we're actually going to break this up a little bit where Denver becomes the first event we do in October. And then we're also spending a few extra days on the road um, starting on, on um, uh, September 14th, which is the first date in San Diego. So definitely a lot of water, a lot of sleep. Don't ever fight the sleep part. I, I, the first time I did, I tried to stay out till like two in the morning, go to all the crazy places. But you can't do that when you have to get on a flight at four in the morning next day and you're totally, totally bummed there. Uh, sleeping on flights is huge. If you can do that, I, I can't, but I tried last year and it did not work. But if you can sleep on flights, that gives you a lot more power and definitely water, like you mentioned. You got to pace yourself. It's a marathon, not a sprint. So when it comes to, you know, going to these places, we get lots of people, hey, I'll have a beer with you. I'm like, well, can we have one beer and I sip on it for a little while? Because I got six more of these things I got to do the whole week. So it's all about trying to manage your, your alcohol intake to be, you know, the best you can be. But would I wish it's on anybody else? Probably not. It's a great opportunity to kind of explore the great craft community of, of uh, all these different great cities out there. 
Um, but I would definitely love to spend more time in each individual city. There's probably a lot I'm going to be able to, be able to do uh, just because of the fact that we have back-to-back kind of things. But, you know, that's one of the things that, um, uh, you know, you, you kind of miss when you, ju- when you jump from, from city to city. But it's amazing just to see the culture and the, the community and the, the be able to come out to the events. I mean, last year was very successful in terms of people coming out to the events. So I'm looking forward to meeting everybody and having a beer and, or sipping on a beer, for lack of a better word, and, and going, for, going from there. Uh, to see how those great cities. Um, so, to kind of piggybacking on that question, Greg, one of the, uh, you're, I think you're right. Uh, drink water, sleep on the plane if you can. Uh, it's good yeah. to know you're just as human as myself or Harrison. Um, <laughs> but knowing you were able to cram all this into seven days last year, do you, one, do you have any memories? Uh, what, I, what, what I'd love you to share is if you have like a particular standout, uh, I envision in my head, you know, as excited I would have been uh, if I was fortunate enough to be at one of these events, any, um, any particular standout memory that you brought with you from, you know, your time doing this last year? Well, I, the greatest story, you probably know this one. We always talk about it over the office and everything else. So the first stop on 2018 seventh city tour was Charlotte, North Carolina. And I, I have never, ever had anyone ask for me to sign an autograph. I, I don't consider myself uh, a celebrity, like maybe an icon, like you mentioned. I'm just a regular guy that likes beer, just like everybody else. But uh, we had a, a gentleman come up to, um, to, the, to the table, and he asked for my autograph. And he had bought a, uh, our untapped um, kind of tin sign that we sell in our store. So I, I, I really was shocked because, first of all, I've never signed on anything from anybody except for writing checks and stuff like that. <laughs> but for the most part, you know, he asked me to sign. I'm like, who do I make it out to? And I'm like, he said, Hunter. And, uh, and, and, and sure enough, uh, we talked for a little while. He talked with some of our, our team. And, and now he works for Untapped uh, out of our Charlotte office. So it's just it's crazy to, to see the kind of growth of Untapped. People that come out to these events and maybe you'll get a job. Who knows? I mean, you know, we're always hiring for different people, different areas. Uh, and we happened to meet Hunter there and he became uh, you know, a big part of what we do here at Untapped. So you know, the other crazy part of the trip last year was, you know, it was back to back. It was seven days straight. If there was a, for example, a canceled flight or uh, a weather event or something, it would have derailed the entire Untapped Seven City Tour last year. I'm very lucky if you have to fly, you know, uh, you know that, that, that airlines always have delays or always have canceled flights. We had nothing. We didn't have any issue whatsoever. We flew last year in April. We did this uh, and not a single issue whatsoever. There was only one concern of a possible cancellation in Chicago. There was actually a snowstorm coming in, but it actually did not have any effect. So it's unbelievable how that that, that didn't derail anything. Uh, and that's why, you know, a lot of the flights we pick are, are the early morning flights going out is because that's the only way you can really get to the event just in case there's any problems. But you know, it, it's pretty crazy how that all came together last year pretty smoothly. Hopefully the same thing this year. I think that's remarkable, uh, the fact that you were able to fly out of Charlotte on time uh, alone. <laughs> yeah, uh, but exactly. also great, <laughs> great travel advice. Um, okay, so that kind of leads me into a question. I know we got some uh, asking about this in our uh, Facebook group. So we noticed that Canada and Mexico were in the runnings, right? If they had had enough check-ins at a verified venue, it's possible we would have seen uh, Greg setting this up in Vancouver. Um, is it mm-hmm. possible? Do you have any inklings that maybe we'll be able to include Amsterdam or London next year? I know we see a lot of check-in activity overseas. I know I might be throwing you under the bus with this question, but uh, <laughs> here we are. 
Yeah, you know, I, I think we added Canada and Mexico this year, and it's a funny story of why we added it. We would have added it last year, but I didn't have I had an out-of-date passport, so uh, it wouldn't have been able to be even if, if one of those cities did happen to be on the list. I physically could not go there because we couldn't get a Russian sign. <laughs> so this this year, it's all taken care of. So now they're part of it. Unfortunately, neither one of those cities made it this year. But we ask all the time about overseas. Amsterdam and, and London are one of our top five, two of our top five markets, believe it or not, in the entire uh, entire world. And we definitely want to bring the seven city tour over to Europe. Um, I don't think it's possible to do seven days, um, in seven days, seven days, seven countries, for lack of a better word. But we're definitely going to bring it over to Europe uh, in the future for sure, because I think it'd be great to come and meet some people overseas that use the platform so well. I think, as you know, we have a big following over there, but we have really no presence to do a lot of events there. So it'd be great to get over there to kind of show an homage to all the community that supported us over the last couple of years. So we're definitely going to try to fit it in maybe next year. Maybe we'll do just a, a European-only uh, seven-city tour or something along those lines. Uh, but it's definitely on our, our docket for for uh, something to do for next year. Absolutely. And I want to put myself down as the first person to help you book those plans or translate. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah. um, so Greg, I think it's uh, certainly always a pleasure to speak with someone that is uh, just as passionate about untapped and drinking beer and meeting people as Harrison Absolutely. and I are. Um, really love the opportunity to grab some of your time here and share it with the Drinking Socially podcast. I think um, probably the only question I want to make sure we make available to the listeners is, is there a, a particular way that you'd recommend for them to be able to keep up with either what you're drinking or where you're going? Is there a great outlet for them to keep up with uh, Seven Cities Tour uh, via social media? Yeah, so we'll be posting a lot to our Instagram and, and uh Twitter and Facebook over the seven city tour that starts on the 14th of September. Um, you can follow me personally on untapped. If I wasn't on untapped, that'd be pretty much an embarrassment. So you can follow <laughs> me there. I'm happy to accept the friend request. Um, it's Greg Avola on, uh, on untapped. You can follow me on Twitter, the same thing at Greg Avola as well. Uh, but we'll be posting a lot of updates and a lot of, uh, you know, uh, Instagram videos and stuff like that as we follow the tour. Um, you can see all the data or all the events that we're having at untapped.com slash seven city tour we'll have an ability for you to kind of rsvp to the events and see what's going on see all the details uh, and we'll also be sharing a lot more on the road as we get through there so make sure you're following untapped on instagram twitter and facebook obviously you should be following that we post some really good stuff on there if you want to follow me personally i'm just greg Avola on twitter and greg Avola on untapped so hope to see you uh at the seven city tour if you're listening in one of those cities um once again it's uh san diego milwaukee raleigh washington dc um and richmond virginia and also denver um and also pittsburgh as i recall these on the top of my head uh so I, I you know definitely keep keep track of what what's happening on uh on our twitter channels and stuff like that and check out on tap.com slash seven city tour to see all the events Hope to see you there. We're really excited about it. I'll make sure we have links in all the show notes for you guys and girls listening along. Uh, I'm going to link Greg's personal untapped profile. So get ready for some friend requests, Greg. Uh, I like it. Thanks so much for listening to the interview section. We're going to transition over. Harrison and I have some beers to drink. Greg, next time you're in the office, please, please. We'd love to have you sit down and actually review a beer with us as well. But until then, good luck on your seven city adventure. All right. Thanks a lot. Have a good one.
Awesome. And now getting to some of the beers we've got sitting here Holy in guacamole. front of us. I recently was fortunate <laughs> enough to <laughs> finally finally take my very lovely wife out on a honeymoon trip only a couple of years after we got married for a three-day weekend. There you go. Um, so that was great. We made a stop at one of, in my opinion, Richmond's most adventurous breweries, and I would almost even say blendery, a place called The Answer. So uh, we're going to be drinking. I'm going to be sharing with Harrison the answers as part of their juice series. This one's called Blackberry Pineapple Triple Puffsicle. Holy So, what? yep, probably not something you would have seen 50 years ago in a Super Bowl commercial, but really excited to crack this one open. It is stylistically a fruit beer. I believe the base is a Berliner. And for their juice series, a lot of times what they'll do is, is kind of... I'm going to say like Randall, I believe they've got their own uh, variant of that, Um, but basically just stuff a base Berliner to the gills with a (laughs) whole bunch of fruit and adjuncts, and when it comes out on the other side, it tastes like childhood dreams and rainbows. This one is 9%. Look out. uh, Triple marshmallow popsicle with wild blackberries, pineapple, and a touch of vanilla. Going on there. The answer doesn't do much distributing. They uh, catch a little bit of guff sometimes, I think, from the purist community about basically taking a base beer and, and filling it with adjuncts and putting it on tap. Hmm. Um, as a purist, I understand that's not something all of us can do at home, but if you have a French press and some cinnamon toast crunch, you can right. probably turn that old <laughs> 1050 into something really fun. Yeah. Um, and tasting it, I think, for me, is believing. This is ridiculous. I'm excited. I'm excited to check it out. All right, let's do this, John. So Ooh, cheers, cheers, Harrison. Yes. Uh, the first That's time right. I've shared a beer with you this month. Hmm. All right. The smell is fruit. I'm watching Harrison's discerning face. It's disbelief <laughs> and laughter. Oh, my God. It, it tastes like... So I once... This is... I once smoked a hookah through a watermelon, <laughs> and it's it's very in, a, in San Diego, uh, and it was reminded me of that experience where I was also extremely surprised, but really shouldn't have been based on what I was looking at that I was tasting <laughs> kind of just like watermelon vapor. But this is amazing. This is wild. It's there's so many things going on that huh. I have a hard time comparing it to many beers I've ever had. It honestly tastes like the best juice I've ever had. Yeah, it's like I understand I understand everything. <laughs> when when what is the question and answer? That's what I want to know. No, but the um when you uh golly, okay. So I get the popsicle, it tastes like a there's a part of it tastes like a melted popsicle. There's so that much happening. So, yep. There's a nice sourness but it's not um overpowering i'm actually kind of impressed at how balanced everything about it is where there is no one thing that's center stage it's like some sour some fruit there's the color is amazing it's bright freaking red super super bright red wow and a little bit of vanilla i think without uh for me this uh, the the sourness of this reminds me of uh, the first couple of Berliners I had. This sure, isn't like a funky sure. wild, but that little hint of sour that comes through is is needed 
um, so that I, you know, just so that your palate can kind of uh, make it through. It's also nine percent, but that doesn't bother me say, at all. Does not taste nine percent. You're right. It tastes kind of like the best juice I've ever had. This is a great babysitter beer. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, and then, <laughs> wow. Um, okay. Wild blackberries, pineapple. Yeah, I got the yeah right. The pineapple definitely popping. I'm so curious about their process, too. And there are other, these are not like the only guys kind of doing this thing. There are a couple other breweries that play around with this idea of basically being like a blendery of fruit puree and base beer, which is really cool. Um, And, you know, something that Usually, you think of a traditional blendery, it takes a lot of time. We've talked when reviewed and talked about tons of breweries that you know sit in stuff barrels for weeks yep. and months and years, and then they blend and they this this huge product Black project fermentary right. form years sure, and years. Sure, but this is like you could just take some fresh few puree in a Berliner you you know brewed two weeks ago, and boom, you've got a lot of those similar flavors happening much. Much faster. I'm just impressed with how about like how balanced it all is. I mean, it's nine percent. That is a sneaky. That might be the sneakiest nine percent I've ever had in a beer. I don't taste anything. You could, if I didn't know this was a beer, I would chug it. I would true just chug it. I would true just chug it. Thanks for that juice you just made. John. The only thing that would keep me from <laughs> chugging this beer juice the is, is the fact that I have diabetes, <laughs> right. and that would slow me down. <laughs> If you've sure. ever had, well, I mean, I won't. I don't want to say it's as sweet as apple juice. Apple juice is, is is apple juice. That's what you get from the start to the finish. Sure, this does somehow manage to tell me a story, if not a sweet one. But the blackberries are noticeable. The pineapples noticeable. The vanilla is in there. Um, it's not one sided. Which in my eyes makes it better than a standard juice because there's a little bit. It's almost like a fruit flight in a beer. Now I'm stretching it a little bit. But this is unlike. No, you're absolutely right. This is unlike any other beer I've had. It makes me think of meads. It makes me think of Vikings. It makes me think of Braggots. I made a kiwi beer once, long ago. I made like a Belgian wit base and just put a boatload of kiwi puree in it. Totally different flavors, but it's kind of similar experience and thought process behind it. But this is, uh, man, I wish I could you know, kind of be a fly on the wall again and or a, a valve in the brew house and just look around and see. The old valve in the brew house. <laughs> see what's happening. So uh, I've been there twice um, in my life, um, once on Friday when I first went there and once on Sunday, cause that's one of the only days they sell crawlers. And I told my wife we weren't we leaving need, until we that happened. Right, right. Um, they, the, the juice series, which they have a significant variety, right? Yeah. I mean, there's, there was different kinds of fruit. There was a white chocolate, uh, white chocolate berry one. That was absolutely one of the best things I've ever tasted. Wow. But then on the other end of it, they do a similar thing with stouts as well. Right, I've heard about this. Um, I mean, basically taking you know Oreos and bananas or cinnamon and coffee and rum and doing a similar infusion where you know you have your base stout brewed ready to go, and then you're just adding adjuncts to it in an absolutely beautiful way. I think 
this when, when I tasted this immediately, I thought this is the, like this is amazing, but this is what makes me want to share beer with people. Right, it's just sure, right. so different. It's an experience. I agree. I, I think that's yeah. It's yeah. Kind of, I don't know what to say about it. Other than you know, I always have more questions than answers, even when drinking the answer. But maybe that's the point. That you should stop asking questions and just accept that this is here in front of you and should down it. I'm thinking about how we've do, we, we work with. Yeah, like flavors in the past that aren't beer. Like we was a coffee that we brewed that we would put cold brew coffee into in the bright tank right at the end of fermentation. That was cool. It's just like anything after fermentation, you got to be so careful because it could if there's a weird bug or two or three in there, could mess the whole thing up. So that's what I mean about wonder. I wonder what they do because I'm sure there's obviously thought to that. Like taking a clean beer and introducing a whole bunch of right, stuff to stuff it that to could, it. yeah, that if it's not sanitized as well. But you'd, I mean, you'd think it is, and that you can sanitize fruit before putting it in a beer, um, and not destroy the flavor of it. But I wonder if they just kind of serve it so fresh they don't worry about it. That also, I mean, they they do. I don't think they've ever canned any of their Andals uh, or juice series. I feel like that would yeah, be, be even on the crawler um, when they were filling it for me. I remember the bartender, awesome, awesome, great staff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Honestly, good food there as well. Mm, good. Um, and you know, he said, "I remember you here from the other day. Uh, you're taking three of these home with you. Uh, make sure he said, make you got a cooler in your car. Make right. sure they stay. If yep. they get up above forty five, fifty, bad things can happen. Um, I didn't care. Uh, you know, he could have told me guaranteed explode if they hit above forty five. Right. I was taking them home or as far as I could get them. Yep." Yep. Um, it, there was that would have been a mess, though. When, if, if, I, if I remember my own life correctly, so we're already wrong, <laughs> but the first time uh, Balance Point's Habanero Sculpin came out to the East Coast, I had a customer that would come into the retail shop I worked at a lot, and he, among very few people, he loved that beer. Right. And we stopped bringing it in because I couldn't move it at all. Yeah. You know, it was, a, it was fun for a gag, but it was hard to sell a six pack of that. And he was always on my case. You got any more of that in? You got any more of that in? So one day I just set up like a tasting experience where we were putting random stuff into a French press. Yeah. And I had a bunch of jalapenos and serranos, and we put a Corona in the French press. And you know, I was like, "Just taste this, man." And he, you know, at that point, I was upset because he started buying Coronas all the time. But <laughs> um, but he was uh, he he ended up coming in with cool ideas. You know, what if we did fruity pebbles in right, there? And, right. You know, doing it at home um, with your own take founders all day, add some cool <laughs> stuff to it. I think that's fun. It gives you the opportunity to. Uh, have not be a home brewer, right? But have some of the fun of you know adding a, a nice little touch to a to a one off beer experience. Yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. No, not at all. And the Randall, I mean, to, yeah, to speak to that the, that that uh, idea, right? The Dogfish Head kind of started. I mean, they invented that machine, the Randall, the Randall 2.0. I had um, out of the 2.0, I went Philly beer. Philly used to do something called the Craft Beer Express. It was like 12 beer bars, and you got on a school bus that was full of other joke jokers, other adults that like 8 in the morning it started, and it was was like 20 school buses just going in a loop for like 10 hours around all of them. You get on and go out and jump off at the next one or ride it till the bar you wanted to go to and then get on again in half an hour, and it was amazing. The first place we went at like 8.30 in the morning, 
had Dogfish Heads Worldwide Stout on tap. That's a great beer. And it went through a Randall that had brandied cherries in it. Oh, my God. I would have just stayed there all day. And they were serving it in like champagne, like these old school champagne glasses like that looked like Louis the Sixteenth drank out of them. <laughs> very, very awesome. And uh and yeah, that was like how I started my morning. And that was that's a story. That day ended amazingly as well, with me running to a an oyster Buckashuck oyster happy hour at like nine at night, like on the completely wrong block, wrong side of town, like tearing down the street like Buckashuck? Yeah, Buckashuck. It was an exclusive or an a, a, a the elusive Saturday night at happy hour. There only a few in that great city, and that was one of them. And and I just anyway, that's a good. A, there are a lot of good stories, a lot of nuggets in that night. But the point is, it started off with a randomized beer that really just snuck right up on me. Well, that's what an eighteen percent stout. Eighteen percent stout with some brandy and cherries that's, in it. That sounds beautiful. It was amazing. It was. It was. It was. And it was. And I, I got like the small pour, which is like eight or ten ounces or whatever. I think the big was like twelve, and we're like Holy doing cow. pints of it, but. This is from the city that threw batteries at Stan. I don't know if I'm supposed to say that. (laughs) It happened. Uh, It's just just, just history, John. (laughs) That's all. You you weren't doing it. Santa deserved it. Um, Moving on. (laughs) (laughs) This is something else. This is wild. This is great. Now, this is not... I'm not one of those guys who's going to, I don't know, try to put boxes around what beer can and can't be. Limits. Not that everything is always a great choice, but you don't want to limit, I don't know... um, uh, progress. I think that's one, like the, the, I think if I can jump in, um, you know, we kind of talked in the last episode about beer and craft brewers and, you know, who's pushing the envelope now. And honestly, I, I I'm going to go ahead and admit ignorance on here. I try my best to keep up on everything, but there's a, a husband and wife that are starting a brewery right now in the middle of nowheresville, whether it's in the Netherlands or, or Croatia, or wherever they happen to be getting ready, and they're going to be doing something to beer that no one's ever done before, and I'm so excited for them. But then, you know, you see every, you know, you, all you see is what's on the shelf, and it's a lot of the same. And I think at this it, this stage in the game where there's more breweries than there ever have been, I embrace anybody that's doing something different. Yep. These guys have found a way to do it and make it taste amazing. You know, maybe it's not what you, the beer that your dad brewed. It's right. not a right. it's not a lager, but uh, but man, it, it tastes good and it's different. And that's what I give them a lot of credit for. Right. There's not many people or places I see that are that are doing this. Yeah, I agree. Right? It's their it's yeah it's they're doing their own thing, and I think there's a that's what people what the world needs more of. It's people doing what they want to do. Not trying to figure out what people want them to do. This certainly seems to be the case here. I dig it. I did not know what to expect. I was worried it would be way too sweet. It's not at all. I definitely probably couldn't drink a lot of this, but I'd probably drink more of it than I should. I'm not just thinking about the headache that will that could be coming. <laughs> but I'll live. I'll make it. I'll make it, John. But this is wild. This is cool as heck. I'm glad we we got this in here. Now I'm all curious about all the other. All the other similar breweries that are doing something like this, I'm trying to get my hands on it. And she's doing like the only one I've seen. Um, it was Southern Gerst. Gerst I think they or, have. Yeah, I think um, they have something like or Southern this. Grist. Yep. yep, they have. Uh, I don't know a snow cone series, and I've never tasted it or seen it in real life. Probably because it doesn't leave very far uh, out of the tap right. room Again. unless somebody brings a cooler on vacation with them, but. 
um, I, I would assume based on the flavors I've seen, they're doing something similar. Um, and you know, it's arguably, it's probably an expense, a lot of extra work. Yeah, exactly. It always is. Whatever you're blending, it's a lot of manual labor, but results in cool things like this. Wow. Wild. Wild. I dig it. And I guess that brings us probably to our next one, which I know a little bit more traditional, a little bit, uh, it's an actual beer. <laughs> um, but I uh, know Harrison's pretty pumped about this one. He's kind of familiar with both of these places. So. Sure. Yeah we'll, yeah, we'll jump back in time a little bit, a little bit, to Life and Limb, which is a collaboration between Dogfish Head and Sierra Nevada. It's, this is their third time doing it. Um, so they don't do it every year. They do it every couple, maybe every three or four years or something like that. Um, but, uh, yeah, just a really cool... Really cool collaboration for a lot of different reasons, um, but essentially the original beer, um, it had maple, so it's an American Strong Ale, 10% or so, had maple syrup from Sam, the founded uh, Dogfish Head, his family's uh, farm in Massachusetts, and barley grown on uh, the Grossman Farm, or the, which is the brewery, which is here in Nevada, um, so they're like bringing stuff in from their lives and their history and put it in a beer and it's it's really cool. The yeast blend from both breweries. There's all different kinds. There's a lot of really literally a lot of both of these breweries in this single beer. Um, this year's looks pretty similar to the original, except we've got some birch in, which I'm not sure was in the original one or not, uh, and maple syrup again. But I'm just pumped to check it out to drink the heck out of it. We're doing some big beers tonight, John, which is uh, which is always exciting um, to actually the nine percent. Uh, actually, nine that's our low one here, right, exactly, in. which is never the case. But you know, first time for everything. Also, beautiful colors. Just looking at the yeah. way this pours out of the can. Yeah, I do. I remember. I, had, I think I had in a bomber or like one of those big like chubby 25 ounce big beers at Sierra Nevada bottles and which I love um when the first one came out I don't know if I had the second iteration of it I think I missed it and was excited to see it returning because it's just you know it's a little different it's got story all of Sam's beers and you have Sierra's as well it has a lot of there's always a story he's never just doing stuff he's never putting things into a beer just because Sam always has a reason for it, and there's a history there, or there's a story, or there's something cool he read about he some did, king doing. Dogfish Head did the series, I remember, the Etruscan series, yes. or, yeah. where they were like digging up beer kettles right. from the a thousand an, years ago. All the ago. ancient ales stuff, yeah, that he did with the head of archaeology at UPenn. I forget the professor's name. But yeah, they like go all over the world and dig up old beer recipes and try and recreate them. He wrote a really cool book about it that I read. That he kind of talked about the uh, the recipes in more detail. But yes, true. Yeah, again, true pioneer. Sam's the man. And this is yeah. This, this is, may be the first time. I, I I guess I can't confirm it looking at the can, but uh, no maple and birch yeah. syrup, uh-huh. uh, which I think is more Russian than American, but essentially just. Uh, Maple syrup created from birch tree sap mm-hmm. instead, which is usually going to be a little bit more minerally. I don't sure. know if I'll come through in the right. beer, but and that's a birch beer is a big. Uh, that's funny you mentioned that. So that's a big kind of uh, like root beer, 
birch beer is a beer you drink a lot in Philadelphia. Like every cheesesteak place has a birch beer you can drink. And, you know, Dogfish is not too far away from there. But it's like a bright red, kind of sweeter than root beer, similar to root beer experience that I love. Birch beer is awesome. Um, but anyway, yeah, lots of cool stuff in, in this. And, if, you know, and again... These are probably two of my favorite breweries. So, Sam, uh, Sam and Ken, Sierra and Dogfish Head. Um, right. Yeah, but this, in this one, the birch syrup is fresh from Alaska, and this is canned, and it's naturally carbonated in the can with the oh, birch syrup. Cool. So that's what they – and that's pretty cool. So, bir- so is that like your priming sugar exactly. in the can? And so there was a rest – so Sam, when he gave up his clone for 60 minute, I think in either his own book, he had like a mention about like – Kind of like a try this if you feel wild and use maple syrup as your priming sugar instead of just cane sugar, table sugar. And I was like, all right, I'll do it. And that was one of the first clones I ever made was, excuse me, 60 minute and did that. And it was great. Half the bottles were perfect. Half of them, you know, popped. Top, that's that's what happens all Standard the time. Standard homebrew yeah. experience. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember being like, that's kind of cool. You know, for refermented in the bottle. And it's, it had like a little bit of a, yeah, you could taste a little bit of the maple syrup. Note that was many, many years ago. Anyway, let's let's dive into this. Here we go. Life and limb. Ooh. Ooh. You can get this and wow. sit on this for a while. Huh. You're right. There is like yeah, a it's really, in a can. It's ten percent. But I wonder if it there's a lot of chocolate. Do I get tons of chocolate right away? Yeah. Mm. I can't tell you that there's birch syrup in here, but um, again, I'm I'm not good at that. <laughs> Um, this is, God, this is so, um, you gotta smell it a little bit. Contrasting after the last Right, I know. It's totally different. All right, super big and malty. That was big and fruity. Now we're into a different kind of malt experience. I kind of smell like a wood note in the nose. Is this, you probably already said, is this barreled or is this, no? No, I don't think it is, but the maple syrup could be. But I'm just getting it from the. Well, I get a lot of wood from something from either the the syrup or the. One Maybe of the that's the birch syrup. Maybe that's the minerally birch syrup. Yes, yes, Jen. But uh, I just love when these two breweries get together and just everything they're doing overall. Man, oh man! I I, sw- I swear, there's um, I I almost like after I swallow, I get a little bit of smokiness yep sure um i i I see what you're talking about with the wood right that's a Mm -hmm. hard flavor it's Mm -hmm. kind of vague but i think i identify with like almost like walking by a sweet whiskey barrel more than maple and birch syrup maybe it's just because i don't have a lot of i'm more experienced with whiskey but right um this drinks as a 10 percent american strong ale um, I want to ask Harrison a little bit more about that style, particularly why that's different than just a big brown ale. Mm, it's, but it's it, um, it's like the blanket. It's the just a, just a more of a of a region than a specific city, right? Exactly. Yes, brown ale will be the city inside the region of American styles. Tons of them would be. I mean, that is like Belgian strong ale. It's like it could be anything. Um, but but rightfully, I mean, I think it's. To call it anything else would probably just be confusing. I think that's a good category for this. Um, this is uh, delicious. It's not too. I'm not getting too sweet from it. It's ten percent. It drinks. I mean, it, it's a, it, it maybe a little bit 
hot um, would be mm-hmm. a word I use because I imagine it would be even smoother after a year in the can. Yep, yeah. Um, so it's canned on the 9th of May, so it's already had some nice, a little bit of time. A little bit there. of time. Yeah, but that's what I mean. I bet you could sit on it for a bit. It is can conditioned, so you definitely could be curious to do so. So um, about 2,000 check-ins on this release right now, yeah. but 520 of them just in the last uh, month or so. <clears throat> nice. Yep, and the people are, yeah, I mean, that's... Uh, it holds a great rating. Again, I don't think either anybody should put a lot of weight on the rating, but, um, but you know, when 2,000 people agree, that's usually something right. that you take right. notice of. Directionally, it's good. But yeah, it was first released in 2009, and then 2011, I believe, and now again. So it's been, uh, yeah, it's been 10 years since the... Uh, the first time they brewed it. This is the third time they've released it, yeah, right? They, yep. they did it at 9 and 11 and then took yep. a long hiatus. Yeah, and then now it's back. It's a really cool beer, and I would definitely, if you're a, this is one that, like, I would recommend if you're a beer collector or you like cellar and stuff, <clears throat> grab one of these and sit on it. Because because it is can-conditioned, because it's high ABV, this would be one to get a four-pack now, drink one today, Yep. Drink one in six months, maybe see how it is. Make your decision. Forget then. you have one for two years, right? And then drink yeah. it then. Sure, um, but seriously, because it's uh, it's going to do some cool stuff over time. I think it's about half of the check ins I see from people who have friended us from the Facebook group all mention can't wait to sell her this or yeah, uh, people talking good. about sitting on it for a while. I think that's a good. I'd be I'd be really excited to taste. Uh, to, I don't. If you had a vertical of this, you're drinking a 2011 right. beer. That's right. going to be I a know. little bit old, but be really excited yeah. to sit on this one for a year and see what happens. I know. I know, right? It's just the do what I do. And I, my cellar is behind my couch in a bunch of cupboards that I can't even get to right now because the couch is there. Like, that's how I refrain from drinking. I just forget it exists and, like, Best literally way to do it. put it out of, out of sight. But I can't forget about it too long. Maybe I'll pull some out for this hurricane that's coming our way as we're recording this which will have already passed us when this is released but i have been thinking about my cellar this week because i think about preparations you know batteries and canned food yeah 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 that's fine what do i do with my beer but what, what am i drinking during this whole experience that's the real True. and something should come out of the cellar for whenever mother nature decides it's time to smack some people around yeah, let's celebrate it. <laughs> celebrate it. Celebrate that. Truth be told, the reason we're drinking this answer beer so quickly is because I was worried <laughs> the hurricane right. would knock power out and explode in my fridge. That's and right. And that'd be crying. a mess to clean up. I need to attract bugs and who knows what kind of creatures, with, you know, just in the neighborhood <laughs> into your house, defenseless with power out. Yeah, it wouldn't be a good situation. Stay away John. from the beer. Exactly right. Um. <laughs> Um, as I keep going back to it, it's, it's warming up in my hands mm-hmm. a little bit. I'll probably let this sit for a, a, maybe until we get into the next segment and before I try and finish it. But um, what's the sugar that's in a Belgian quad that has a really cool Belgian name? candy sugar? Yep. Yeah, like the brown stuff, the brown um, like rock kind of. Yeah, it's got a uh, – I, I know it from the Stone Stochasticity Project where they specifically called it out by name. Uh, Triticale, trit, uh, I won't be able to remember it oh, now. 
Um, but anyways, I know what you're talking about. I, know that that dark, I mean, essentially brown sugar, right? Or, uh, but that's uh, I, I find myself as it as this warms up, finding a little bit of that like kind of dark brown molassesy sugar that yep. I equate with a Belgian quad. Absolutely, yeah, a thousand percent. Yep, it, it is. You're right. That's a fun. That's a yep apt thing to lock into. There's a I guess I mean a lot going on here. Lots of things happening. I'd love to do a vertical of this. These beers are so fun and it's so cool. And if and if you haven't, if you're listening and haven't done that and are kind of laughing at us talking about buying beers and not drinking them, fine. But it's just like I'm in high school again. Right. But yeah. but at the same time, it is. I mean, if you've never done it, it's 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 very cool to do. I remember just mentioned Stone. They had their their vertical epics they used to do yeah. every year, and I would get extra bottles every year when they stopped and whatever that was. What was it twenty ten or twenty nine? Is that when they decided they couldn't do anymore? What was uh, the? I think was it went some, even longer than that. I, we're missing we're mincing words, but I, I, I want to say it carried on through maybe even twenty fifteen or so. Okay, the All right epics. So that yeah that uh, yeah that I did I did I did like a three year vertical of a couple of them and it was like it was awesome to taste that the change what time does to the right kind of beer um, it's uh, you know it's very cool when you have it the first time not unlike my experience with the answer just then where I was like what in the what right different what? than I expect this the first time I had a Dogfish Worldwide Stout was yeah. in a a uh, bottle that a friend of mine who lived near Dogfish Head brought it to me. It was Waxfield, and it was already two Ooh. years old when he gave it to me. He'd been cellaring it. Okay. And that's the best way to do it is have someone else cellar your beer for right, you. Right, right. But he brought me that beer. We opened it up. We drank it, and it was, you know, I just took one sip, and I said, this is the best damn stout I've ever had in my whole life. Right. It was 18%, sure. but it was so smooth and amazing. And then... He opened up a fresh one that he got, you right, know, maybe just right, a month or two right. old, and we drank that one. And I said, "Holy, this is yes. not even good. Right. This is this Hot. is so different." Hot beer. And I was very. I think with if you drink, they're 120 minute. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, 120 minute a year old is pretty interesting and complex and unique. 120 minute a month old is kind mm-hmm. of difficult, from my opinion, and kind of difficult oh, yeah. to drink. It's a hot beer. It's funny that you mentioned that. The first time I ever had Worldwide Stout, we was we had rented a house down the shore, the Jersey Shore. Great. And it was like, some. it might have been a 4th of July weekend or something, and my dad had was home from Iraq for like two weeks and I got like a mixed six pack, and at that point it was this is probably two thousand and nine or whatever. And I was like, "Oh, dogfish! I love dogfish! I'll grab two of those worldwide stouts, a couple of other beers. We'll drink them." And we wake up one morning before the beach. My dad goes, "Ah, you want like let's you want to start the morning with a with a beer, which is very rare for him to." <laughs> I think I saw my dad drink like five, you know, Rolling Rocks on a during football games, you know. Over the course of 20 years, <laughs> and as he napped on the couch. So I was like, oh, yeah, I have this. This is why I got this beer, this moment. And I was like, here, let's take these, and I'm going to have a morning shower. And I cracked open the Rolling Stouts, and I'm drinking it in the shower. I'm going, whoa, wow, this is pretty intense. A lot of flavor here. I love all the flavor I'm tasting. <laughs> and I remember looking down at the beer and being like, 18%, 18% what? 18, oh, my God, oh, my God. That's a lot of this beer is booze. And then I, that's the, the end of the day for me. <laughs> Dad was already napping. <laughs> right, never made it to the beach. I think I remember walking across the street with a Belgian waffle in my hand, and then Perfect. that was it. It was just kind of sun, and I was under under a blanket, and 
woke up and at that back in then that those days you'd wake up and do it all again two hours True. later like, yeah oh, probably great. right after lunch just powered right through it had a box of clams or bag of clams whatever <laughs> in my head i like the visual of a box, of, box clams. of clams yeah just picking it up by a street vendor sure exactly right. somewhat room but temperature bunch of, clams. bunch of clam strips no clams could wear clothes but uh yeah and then you just enjoy uh just enjoy it enjoy it all uh, together but anyway good good thanks john or taking me back there. Woo, yeah. Yeah, those are some good, some good old, I mean, even, uh, like, I, I I agree with Harrison. If you haven't already, or if you aren't right now, um, mm. Sierra Nevada's Bigfoot, that's one. Oh, it comes out almost religiously February? the same-ish time every year. February, I think. I think it's usually the same. They haven't gotten too wild with it. And I have, I, I don't even, I probably have right now about six different Do Bigfoots you? in my house of differing years some of them marked some of them dipped in wax some of them weren't because i got lazy but it's always fun you know if you have it in you it's hard to drink a bunch of barley wines but you know take three of those crack them open the same beer and and taste the difference in a year or two it's It's amazing bigfoot's another one to do with yeah i love i love drinking that beer in the middle of the winter I have like one or two of them, and that'll be a, always a fun night. Yeah, <laughs> box of clams. Exactly, type of right, night. Exactly. Yeah, those nights it's usually you know snow angels in a in our dirt parking lot, dirt backyard. There's no <laughs> there's no snow there down in North Carolina. Oh uh, man, but yeah, oh, good, great, John. Look at us just cruising down memory lane today. It's a big wide road. <laughs> it's good. Get a lot of room for error. That's what we need. Um, beyond memory lane, Harrison, yes, one of the yeah. things I always like to use as a transition is how much I love to show off my own love of untapped. Yeah. Um, Tell me more. Well, so we've got these new hats back in oh, the right. store and, um, uh, you know, new, we had new, new, new hats. like brand new hats. Right. I didn't even know they were untapped hats. So there's a right. couple of new guys here at the office I saw walking around and asked him, that's a cool hat. The other guy has one. He says, yeah, we just got new ones in the store. And sure as heck, I, um, they're really cool looking. Yeah. They're kind of like a classic, like a camp, like a camp hat. Is that a thing? They like harken much... back to the day. Uh, when I look at right. each of them, I, you right. think camp counselor. Uh, or imagine, Not the big counselor, no, but like right. the guy that told the scary stories. Right. Or the kid who came out with the bugle and woke everyone up in the morning. He had one of those hats on just doing the... Everything was the same, except it, it might not have said untapped. He, right. was playing, he probably wasn't, certainly wasn't playing taps in the morning. Right. But Reveille. Hope, hope that was, yeah. Is that what it is? <laughs> Bad camp that Harrison went to. That's right. Yeah, you only go to it once. That was it. Huh? Um, so um, if you are interested in one of these slick untapped hats or... Maybe if you're trying to get ready for Halloween and you want to dress up as an untapped yeah. intern. Yeah, badge no. hunter. More realistically, what was really cool, I was wearing an untapped hat when I went into the answer. And, you know, it was like just obviously it's a pretty cool, trendy brewery. Yeah. Um, There's probably like three people that came up to me and asked me, you know, oh, you use untapped, check in. You know, right, it, was right. just, it was a cool conversation. Like, yeah. Even though it is a social media app that exists on my cell phone, it was really cool that here I am starting conversations based on it. So anyway, long story short, if you yourself want to be the untapped rockin' pseudo-celebrity at the next local brewery you're drinking, um, go to store.untapped.com. 
Um, buy whatever you like. Buy a gift card for Grams to give yeah. her a worldwide stout and untap tap. <laughs> when you're checking out, use the coupon code PODCAST, and that's going to give you 20% off anything that you order at the Untap store. Um, that's the best deal we give out. It's awesome, and it's just for you guys, just for listening to me and Harrison talk mm-hmm. about beer. <laughs> um, and, and memory lane sometimes. So right. store.untapped.com, enter the coupon code podcast and buy some pretty cool stuff. Suit up. Cool. All right. So next up, we got some stories from a drinking socially Facebook group, right, John? Some cool insights and highlights this week. Absolutely. We had some... Um, it was a, it was a busy week for me personally, but I always keep an eye on the group um, for my mobile. And there's, I think we're it, the group is more active and bigger than it ever has been. Yeah, it's been fun. So I love seeing honestly how you guys use Untapped. Um, a couple of uh, things I wanted to mention. Um, one one of our uh, more active, I don't. Uh, um, community members on mm-hmm. a Facebook group, if that's how they work. Matt Woodkowski. Uh, so cheers to you, Matt. He drinks a lot of good beer up in yeah. Pennsylvania. And uh, Matt made a post. He earned all of the Dogfish Head badges this summer. Uh, Dogfish Head ran a campaign where you had to check into certain beers uh, through certain periods of time over the course of summer. They were kind of geared at you know, being physically active, getting out and doing stuff. And Matt is probably the only person that I know um, that was able to actually earn all of them. So cheers to you, Matt. Thanks for sharing it in the group, making us all jealous. Love it. Um, Brian McCaskey, he showed off, uh, I think he was the first one on the group to post about the uh, founder's acquisition in August. Or I guess not acquisition, but... um, you know, uh, founders, that was pretty big news. Yeah. Um, I think they're 90% of their uh, shares are owned by a Spanish yeah. brewery, brewery that also yeah. owns some of Avery. Correct, yeah, the San Miguel, or Mahu San Miguel, exactly. Yeah, they own Avery, now almost all of founders, and they had a 30% stake in them since 2014, um, so they have a relationship for a while. Um, yeah, but that was cool to... Uh, yeah, to see very, you know, that was big news this week. Um, but, you know, uh, founders put out a pretty awesome press release about it. And they're, you know, really it, nothing's, nothing's changing day to day for them. But they still, the two founders of founders, you know, own the 10%. Founders, founders. Founders, founders of the other stock. And they said they're in the day to day operations still running by them. Really, it's, I think, to help, you know, get all day IPA out in more places. Uh, which is great because that's what I want. I want holiday IPA everywhere as fresh as possible every time I get it. Um, so, you know, if uh, partnering up with uh, Mahu San Miguel makes that happen, I mean, I, I, think that's, I think that's cool. Cool for them. And, and what a cool story. You know, what a cool brewery for this to happen too. Uh, like we talked about before, you know, they were it's close to bankruptcy. And then and now to have this happen, you know, many years later have someone come in and see the, the value they bring to this industry and, uh, and offer to, you know, um, you know, buy 90% of their, the brewery. It's pretty, uh, it's a you know, testament to how, what they've done, how far they've come. It's a, you know, it's a pretty cool thing to have 
that offered to you as a business to have someone say, you are so good. We want to, we want to be a big part of this. So one time you were scared of shutting down and now right. there's international right. bids. I right. think that is, right. that's that good. Uh, there's right. a testament story. to uh, craft brewery as a business. Uh-huh. I hope they write a book. I'd read it. I'm sure it's fascinating. I'm sure, you know, I get to, we get to listen like the tidbits they released and little things on Facebook, but in articles every once in a while, but to hear from, you know, from, uh, from Mike and Dave, like, who are the founders from them about what the journey has really been like? I'd read that book. I bet you it'd be pretty oh, fascinating. That'd be, yeah. that'd be fascinating. So th- we had some good comments on the Facebook group. I think one thing I, as I get older, I dislike about Facebook is how polarizing it can be. Um, but one thing I'm happy about, I'm most most of my Facebook activity happens on that group because you know whether you view craft beer as one thing or the other, right. uh, the discussions are generally uh, pretty. It, you're not you're not really in there to offend anybody, right? At the end of the day, we're just we're just talking about beer, which is pretty. It's more peaceful than some. Oh yeah. Um, the last comment I want to just give a shout out for comes from Steve. Um, and he made a great post towards the end of August uh, talking about how he was listening to the podcast right. and started thinking about ways that other people use the app maybe differently than him. And this is something I, I hardly ever think about. I use Untapped uh, for the last uh, half a decade, and I assume everyone uses it the same way. Right. Um, Steve kind of lays out, you know, he's like, number one, I use the app for keeping track of what I've had and what I haven't. And honestly, mm-hmm. that is... In today's world, that's hugely impactful. Where yeah. you got a brewery like The Answer, who's kicking right. out a different juice popsicle beer every weekend. Right, um, it's nice to keep track of your favorites. Um, he also uses it as a, in his words, travel companion. Uh, I can attest to this. When I was in Richmond, uh, you know, Google, Facebook, friends, bartenders, everybody's going to tell you where to go. I loved that I could pull up untapped and I could see, you know, my wife wants to drink IPA, so mm-hmm. we'll go to this place. They've got, you know, mm-hmm. all of this on tap. And uh, it made it really easy looking for bottle shop to bring stuff home. Absolutely. Um, and then uh, lastly, I think um, he, he also used it just to try and like, it, 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 I'm going to paraphrase his story. Um, but him and his girlfriend or friends are thinking about where they're going to go for dinner. Right. You know, and if it's a choice between pizza and Chinese food, he's going to use Untapped and see who has right. the best beer list, beer. and we'll go there. Uh, if, all, if if food's off the table, then let's get something good to drink and right. just eat what is there. Eat, eat whatever. Yeah, I know. Yeah, we we hear that more and more. That, you know how beer is the deciding factor for a lot of people. That's the X factor. The thing that pushes them one way or the other is what can I have to drink there? And for a lot of people, food is kind of the Second question, um, cool, which I get, I dig it. A lot of these beers are, you know, meals and co- as complicated or complex as any four-course meal out there in a single glass. Depending on where you live, I think where most of us are fortunate now where if you have to decide on more than one place on where you're going for dinner, mm-hmm. um, if you're listening to this podcast, if you have an <laughs> untapped profile, uh, I think I love that I can just open up and see which one of those places has uh, the more exciting beer, the mm-hmm. beer that I want. Mm-hmm. Um, because a lot, of, who, how many times have you gone to that fancy restaurant and realized that you're either drinking X Y Z boring beer or a glass of wine or not? You know, uh, better stuff in my fridge. That's how I use it too. I use it for. 
me see what I use for. Yeah, research. I still use it for research a ton. If I'm in a if I'm in a bottle shop somewhere and there's a beer in front of me, I'm curious about it, pull it up and untapped, and I look at ten or twenty reviews of it real quick, kind of see if my friends have had it, see if I've had it. <laughs> love looking at it, see what you. That's always a nice have surprise. I this, like, if I haven't, what do my I friends this think? And I really liked it. I, I guess I'll get it again. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, no. But it is that kind of extension of my mind and all my friends' minds and people I don't know's minds that. I've had something that I'm thinking about having as well, just to directionally get a feel for it. Um, but yeah, yes, yeah, so that's why I probably I still I use it like that every 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 time I'm in a bottle shop. I'll pull it out and be like, well, let's see what's this yep. new thing because there's just so much new stuff all the time. Uh, there's no better way to find find it in one place. So that's how I use it most mostly. Um, great, either way, great. Uh, great posts to you. A lot of a lot of people commenting on there. For those of you that aren't members of the Facebook group, um, hit uh, hit untapped up on social media. Uh, what you know? What ways does the app serve you mm-hmm. best outside of there? I think that's always interesting um, to see. And you know, I think when we added direct messaging about a year ago, yeah. and that was. Uh, really cool. That was something that I'd wanted forever, and you know, then we had it, and I said, "Man, I really wish I'd be able to share a beer with my friends. I don't mm-hmm. really need a, a way to chat with them." And then when that came out, that's been, um, I'll you know, when I was at the answer, um, I was untapped messaging a few people. Have you yeah. had this? You can if I can bring it home. Right? Do you want Do you this? Want this? Right? Yeah. I know. I know that is a great feature of it as well. And just, uh, yeah, that's actually, when I first came out, I was doing that all the time. I should get back to that. Actually, just I see a new beer, send a message to a friend about it and say, hey, if you see this, grab it. If it's in their market and not, not in your mind. Um, uh, yeah, we can, uh, uh, yeah, just you know, see if they can grab it for me. Or if it's, we're in the same, you know, living there, people I work with, you know, hey, this place, put this beer on, let's go there after work. It's using the messaging for that. That is a really cool feature that more and more users are using. So if you haven't checked out the direct message, it's not just messaging. You can like grab a beer and message that to someone to be like, "Hey, look at this! Just this was yeah. released. Let's go find it." And you click on it, and it takes you to where it is. Like it's social very, very media cool. without the politics, right? It really is. All, yeah, all the bolognese you know, left in the deli case, and this is just all the all the prime meats, all the cured meats. John, uh, bologna's not bad either. <laughs> right. but, sure, yeah. I mean, I'm, and I, I used to eat bologna all the time. That was my as a child. Every day, <laughs> every day in elementary school, I would have. And this is how I would word it for some reason. A bologna cheese mustard ham sandwich. Ham was last. I don't know why. As if it was a condiment. Were they layered in that way? Was Perhaps. It like ham and I, it was, and bologna. This was me were... de- delivering this message to my mother. Is this is what I want? Is a bologna cheese mustard ham sandwich. Interesting. And that's what happened every day for you know whatever however long. I'm, it was great. I've never had a bologna and a ham sandwich yep. in one. In one with the mustard and then like the it was I think it was Kraft Singles probably might have been Likely. cheddar but probably Kraft Singles on you know white bread because that's all there was. If you don't, people don't know this. No, when I was, yeah when I was growing up, I'm pretty sure we didn't even have wheat bread yet. It was just, it was just, just white bread. Three variants of white bread <laughs> or Italian right. bread, which right. was great, sure. but it was just crust you right. had to dip it in soup for it to be chewable <laughs> yeah that's it but uh but anyway um yeah so yeah big fan of bloody but and loving loving everything about uh about this facebook group you're not in there jump on board don't hesitate to that you got to join it and worry we're gonna say no we're, we're gonna let you and everybody comes in there it's a pretty inclusive group well 
All right, awesome. So speaking of beer and bologna and things that are fun, beer trading. John! Really excited to talk about this. Not advocate it, but sure. talk about we'll just it. just talk about it openly and some, maybe present some hypothetical situations. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> but this is, we keep going back down memory lane tonight. This is like, let me see, let me think before I speak. Try something new and different. Um, I don't think I've traded, well, actually... Yeah, we we're lucky in that we've had a lot of people who you know worked at Untapped or that we know live kind of all over the country, and I've definitely partaken in exchanging beer for beer. Um, and, I've, and I've traveled around, you know, up and down the East Coast, and to have stuff from my home state or brew beers I used to brew—that's always fun. If yep. people will go up to like you know Philly and bring stuff back, I'll always ask for beers I used to make and taste it now and see what it tastes like. Or I remember it and. And you drink a beer like, you know, every day or almost every every day for a while that you make <laughs> and you don't. It's kind of like a, I don't know, the fact that you make it, it's, there's some, obviously some kind of connection there. And so anyway, anyway, that's how, um, probably most recently, but started as like, yeah, me, I was on all the forums and the, everywhere I could find talking to strangers on the internet, trying to trade, you know, I can get. <laughs> Eddie Topper, can you get me? Basically, forever it was. I, I can get Eddie Topper. Can you get me? Can you get me Pliny the Elder? Yep. <laughs> that was like that was the request that uh, that I saw. Like every other post was that was trying to happen. ISO Pliny, <laughs> like four offer, right? And all kinds of amazing stuff. Uh, and then you would start to see the beer trade forums reddit for me was huge before yeah, that, that was got gigantic. shut down i know that was, that was that's yeah, very where, central a lot of where i was that. i would learn a lot about uh that's why i learned about toppling goliath because i would start seeing right. their beers and i'm like well, right. lawson's sip of sunshine yeah, i was like this yeah, must be good to yep. see it popping yep. up on I here i think that's where i learned about dark lord as well and people talking Shoot. about what do you bring into dark lord day and i was like what is this like people is it what's dark lord what's this the, isn't a satanist right, web exactly, this is right. for beer <laughs> trading is, that's wait, my other wait, website. what is yeah. that's not i don't that's not the wrong thing again um, but, and then like someone shared a picture of like whatever dark Lord day from the year previous was, there's just like a bunch of guys in a field in a line doing like a beer share, a bottle share. And I was like, that looks amazing. It's like treehouse every day. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. But I remember that was for me the first time I ever had seen that was like, you know, heard about and had been part of, you know, waiting in line for beers, but to like have that be the party, the party before the party, what a cool idea. Just people bringing their own beers and little Dixie cups or whatever, and you're sampling around. Um, but yeah, that's where I learned about that. So it was more of than just what beer can I get that I, from these other traders that I can't walk down to the store and get, but also learning about a bunch of beer that wouldn't cross my path because I'm just not near it, but I would see it pop in the, in the, in the trades and be like, Oh, well, it's dark Lord. Let's learn about that. Still to this day, I have beers in my cellar that are, uh, uh, gifts from trades. Yeah. Some of the best beer stories I ever have. I mean, my first dark Lord got right. shipped to me. We did beer bucket trading where okay. you would just fill up a bucket Huh. It was relatively easy to pack things into. Yeah. And you would, you know, you just mail someone a bucket and they would mail you a bucket. And there was all, like, sometimes it would just be like $100, $150 value or I like right. sours. Right. And, you know, I think for me, a lot of the experience was I had already drank most of the beer that was distributed sure. or available in my mm-hmm. area. Mm-hmm. So trading was a way to have, you know, a Midwestern Berliner or a Midwestern Porter. Yeah. 
you get some good, you get some bad, but it, you know, it was now, I mean, now maybe I'm fortunate, but I live in the same city that I did back then. Mm-hmm. It's just, there's so much more beer available sure. here. There's 12 more breweries where we used to have two or three. So I feel like the need for trading isn't what it used to be. Right. Once you have your sip of sunshine and your dark Lord, you know, are you going to go through the trouble of going online and searching for it and going to the right. UPS right. store right. and telling them it's just glassware for a right. wedding. Exactly. Like, <laughs> is, that, is that worth it when you can get a similar barrel-aged amazing beer at your local brewery? I feel like that's kind of cut down on it. But yeah. as I say this, there's a shipment coming to me from New England yeah. um, right. that I'm also exactly. really excited about. Too, it's just I, I don't do it on the internet. I do it honestly through... Untapped, my two, I, have a, I have a guy that I trade with out of Pacific Northwest. He was checking into Pliny the Elder a lot. I added him as an untapped friend. He checked into Pliny the Younger. I sent him a Ooh. message, and I said, hey, would you, know, would you ever be down to trade? This is back when Wicked Weed was still a pretty exciting right. thing from North Carolina. So yeah. we started just trading via untapped. He had a, a list that he built. And I had a list, and I just called it, you know, garage seller. Right. And we just kind of said, Look whatever you it. see on there, let me, let me know, and we'll put together a care package. Yeah. And, you know, you one guy in Pacific Northwest, one guy in Northeast, and maybe a Southerner, and you've got most of your regions covered for right. trades. Right. And that actually, for me, was a lot easier than just going to a, a trade forum. Yeah, I have like a pick list on your... As one of your wish lists on uh, on your untapped uh, profile, yeah, that's a great way to do it. I remember I had I, someone bought me as a gift like a beer box of the month thing that wasn't that great, but it came shipped in like the styrofoam beer shaped things. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm gonna, I'll just keep this box and keep repackaging it. And that became like a vessel that a friend of mine and and we used. He lived out in the West Coast and. Out on the East Coast, we would keep. I would like fill it up with stuff and send it to him, and then a month or so later, he'd fill it up and send it back. And we kind of did that for a while. Nice, of, and that was a cool way. Like our little under, yeah, like a little little dark web of of beer trading. That it was always a grab bag, but um, but you know things I just couldn't get. Uh, you're right. That that's the. It's one thing. You're absolutely right. I think to hunt for whales and stuff. It's that's. A, one way to to do it, but I think it's also cool to get like the 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 pale ale that is in that town that I can't get, or for like like uh, what was it Alpha King from uh, Three Floyds, which is like an awesome beer, and Gumball had like all their beers that they make all the time that are like available in every place. Zombie dust. Right, Zombie, Zombie dust, dust is what, what has right. demand, but Alpha right. King is a great right. beer. It's, but like drinking that, I was like, this is awesome. This is so good, but I can't get it like anywhere. So for me, it's very, very good. And it's obviously a good beer, but it just kind of tastes that local flavor of like, this is what their experience when they go out to a restaurant. That's where Pale is probably like in another place. Same with New Galeris. That's a great one too, which is kind of unique. And we'll They're all, all strict, the yeah. I remember we did a big trade as a brewery. A bunch of guys put in for a friend. That's right. We do that a lot as well. When I was at Neshaminy Creek, we'd have people who were brewers other places or friends with guys. And like every once in a while, a box would show up at the brewery from someone. We'd just open up a bunch of beers and drink them. And someone sent out like a an Indiana, Wisconsin box that had like tons of New Galeris and, and Three Floyds and stuff in it i was like this is awesome and so drinking, exciting and drinking moon man which is their pale ale which is a great pale ale but again it's like 
going to style this not for exciting for a lot of people, but for me, I was like, this is so cool to be there's just something certain, I may never have ex- again. You can't, no one has this in mm-hmm. the city. Like, there's a certain mystique yeah, that comes with that. Right. So that, that may never go away, but I do think that, I mean, for me, I don't really beer trade anymore because I feel like all my needs are met by the beers I can get, whether from a brewery that's local or from someone that now distributes to this state because so many breweries distribute further than ever before. True. I'm really grateful that a lot of them are canning, whether right. it be for shipping or not. That right. just makes it, I think, so much easier to transport mm-hmm. beer. Mm-hmm. I think most, now that I'm, I'm older, beer's easier to find, arguably, throughout, at least in the, almost everywhere, beer's right. easier to find. Um, but I think I have more fun now doing a like a bottle share right uh, would be the industry term for it essentially just a trade in real time <laughs> uh, right but those are always i mean that's uh, it gives me the benefit of drinking beer that i shouldn't be able to have also with sharing it with people mm. um, and seeing what they think about it that's been some of the most fun beer experience sure. i've had when when a good friend of mine, Mike, came out after multiple barley wines, right. and he had a Bud Light Platinum <laughs> and a Dark Lord in his in uh, his right and left hand, and he put them behind his back and shuffled them up and asked which one, which hand, and I was I was hoping so oh, much we got the Platinum because Dark Lord, after I don't even right. know how many barley wines and quads we drank, oh, I was hoping for Bud Light Platinum right. over Dark Lord. Right. That's where I was in that right. bottle wow. share. Wow, wow. What a night. A night night for someone else to remember. (laughs) We got them both. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Why? Yeah, I was going to say. The Uber driver won that night. That's what happened. Maybe. Or lost probably a little bit of something. Shame. Or, oh gosh, that's great. But yeah, certainly a pretty cool experience. Um, Yeah, not condoning it or promoting it or whatever. I don't think, (laughs) I want want to be clear in saying that Untapped isn't condoning sending mail, uh, sending beer through the mail. (laughs) No, don't do that. Because we wouldn't do that. But if it is something that you've ever done, maybe a friend dropped off a can legally at your house and you thanked him for it without any taxable exchange. Right. Those those things are really cool when they happen. They are. It's cool to obviously explore, explore as much as possible. Outside of that, I guess, um, I guess I'm excited to hear your untapped uses and maybe bottle share yeah, experiences. Yeah, and if the two yeah. mix, that's fine as long as we're not advocating it. Yeah. So yeah, share some love, some stories, some experiences. Maybe it'll drum up some more from us. But yeah, yeah, I'd love to hear from you guys, as always. Other than that, guys, um, thanks for listening. Uh, I want to let you know, again, the notes and social media and hyperlinks for this show are going to be available at podcast.untapped.com. If you have any questions or feedback, um, when we release the show, it's posted on Untapped's Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram page. Uh, so feel free to engage with Untapped on those social media posts or directly with us at facebook.com slash drinking socially. We're always uh, pretty active on that group personally. And if you're listening and you like the show or you're, or you, even if you don't like the show, um, <laughs> you know, le- leave a review of the show on the App Store, yeah. uh, whether you listen to it on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you can, leave a review. 
Harrison and I have a little goal of not doing a bottle share with you guys, but eventually being able to offer some sort of, uh, I don't know, raffly prize to some of the guys and girls sure. that you uh, kind of keep us going as we're right. trying to plan next episode. For so sure. engage helps. with Untapped on social media. Engage with us on the Drinking Socially group. And if you have it in your heart, uh, use your thumbs to give us a review on the podcast uh, streaming source of your choice. Yeah. Otherwise, we'll see you in two weeks. Cheers. Cheers.